Well, greetings and welcome to Walk It Out with Leah McRae. I am Leah McRae and we are walking through the Bible as we transform our bodies. We are transforming our minds by the Word of God as we transform our bodies. I am on my treadmill. We normally do 30 minutes and um, so I'm going to give you a moment to get your treadmill going, get on your bike, uh, get outside for your walk, whatever it is that you're doing. Let's get it. All right. This is... uh, Um, I don't know how long we've been doing this. We started in Genesis 1. We're in Genesis 25 right now. Uh, Sometimes we do one chapter uh, per session. Uh, Sometimes we go just uh, two to three chapters, just depending on um, how we are led in the spirit. So um, I always start with prayer. So let's start there. Uh, Thank you for joining my podcast. For those who are on the podcast, uh, where you can subscribe either on TuneIn Radio, uh, um, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And for those who are joining me by video on YouTube, welcome. And I appreciate you guys so much. And if you would um, just shoot me a message or a comment, you know, just to let me know if this is blessing you. Uh, Maybe if you would like to uh, do some things a little bit different, I am open to all of that. So um, we're just going to start in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this time together in your word. I thank you, Lord God, uh, uh, that you have given us the ability, Father, to come near to you, to to draw closer to you uh, in our relationship, Lord God, by learning of you in the word. And Father, uh, as we set out to transform our bodies, Lord God, to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit where you dwell and to transform our minds, we just love you. And we thank you, Father. Father, for the grace that you've given us uh, during this time. Now we declare the prophetic revelation will flow and that all glory will be to you, our Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Okay, so we're just going to start here. I'm starting in verse 1, chapter 25. Abraham married another wife whose name was Keturah. She gave birth to Zimran, Jokshan, Midian, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan was the father of Sheba and Dedan. Dedan's descendants were the Asherites, Letishites, and Lumites. Midian's sons were Epheth, Eper, Hanok, Abedah, and Eldah. These were all the descendants of Abraham through Keturah. Abraham gave everything he owned to his son Isaac, but before he died, he gave gifts to the son of his concubines and sent them off to a land in the east, away from Isaac. Abraham lived for 175 years and he died at a ripe old age, having lived a long and satisfying life. He breathed his last and joined his ancestors in death. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite. This was the field Abraham had purchased from the Hittites and where he had buried his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who settled near Ber Laharoi in the Negev, Ishmael's descendants. 
verse 12. This is the account of the family of Ishmael, the son of Abraham through Hagar, Sarah's Egyptian servant. Here is a list by their names and clans of Ishmael's descendants. Because remember, God uh, told Abraham that he and Hagar, that he was going to bless Ishmael as well because he was Abraham's son. And he was going to make him the father of many descendants and of princes. Right? So now we're going to get the list uh, by their names and clans of Ishmael's descendants. Uh, the oldest was Nabioth, followed by Kadar, Abbeel, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tima, Jetur, Napish, and Kadima. These 12 sons of Ishmael became the founders of 12 tribes named after them. Wow. So we got the 12 tribes of Israel, but we also have the 12 tribes that are descendants of Ishmael. Interesting. Uh, so uh, these 12 sons of Ishmael, I'm going up a hill, guys. Woo-wee. It's feeling good. How you guys doing? I know we just started, but I'm on this uh, fat-burning 30-minute uh, program. So it's taking me up hills, speeds up, slows down. I don't know what it's doing, but praise God. I just hope it's working. <laughs> so anyway, back to the word. So these 12 sons of Ishmael became the founders of the 12 tribes named after them, listed according to the places they settled in camp. Ishmael lived for 137 years. Then he breathed his last and joined his ancestors in death. Ishmael's descendants occupied the region from Havilah to Shur, which is east of Egypt in the direction of Asher. There they lived in open hostility toward all their relatives. The births of Esau and Jacob. Okay, we're at verse 19. This is the account of the family of Isaac, the son of Abraham. When Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebekah, the daughter of, the daughter of, sorry, Bethel, the Armenian, from Padad Aram, and the sister of Laban, the Armenian. Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. But the two children struggled with each other in the womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me, she asked. And the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your oldest son will serve your younger. I'm going to stop here for a minute. And let's just think about and expound on the fact that uh, Rebecca talked to God. Okay, she asked God what was going on inside of her and he answered okay so a lot of times in the scripture uh, we hear about Abraham Isaac Joseph okay the, the sons and the men of God in their relationships but the Lord doesn't want us to forget 
about his daughters okay that we his daughters also can speak to the Lord and he will speak to us we can ask him questions um, he gives us revelation just like he gives the men his sons so don't think that because you are a woman okay that you don't have the ability to hear from God and I may not be talking to anyone on this particular uh, episode right now who's on who's on this with me uh, but there may be some women who may come across this before whatever reason who never embrace the Lord um, because maybe they were under uh, the belief that the lie that the enemy has put out there that God uh, uh, that the Christian religion okay that the God that Christians serve that uh, the women are second-class citizens or that they are um, he doesn't care about women uh, it's a man's religion we've heard all kind of lies about our God okay but all they have to do all we have to do is look at scripture read scripture and understand that God is no respecter of persons man or woman he looks at the heart and we all have the ability to draw near to God and to have a relationship with him and to hear from him because it's spirit to spirit it has nothing to do with our flesh but has everything to do with our spirit so I just felt the need to throw that out there right now I don't know why but God does so I believe that that is going to break a stronghold off of someone's life it's going to it's going to uh, cast down a lie that's been keeping someone from entering the kingdom of God into receiving Jesus so praise God for your word and I just believe that by faith okay so we're picking that back up so he tells her I'm just going to go back to verse 23 and the Lord told her uh, the sons in your womb will become two nations from the very beginning the two nations will be rivals one nation will be stronger than the other and your older son will serve your younger son and when the time came to give birth Rebecca discovered that she indeed had twins oh okay so the word of the Lord was revealed and the word of the Lord was manifested uh, the first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat so they named him Esau then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel so they named him Jacob Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born as the boys grew up Esau became a skillful hunter he was an outdoorsman but Jacob had a quiet temperament preferring to stay home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Mm. So here we have just a little bit of some favoritism going on in the house, right? So, 29. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. And this is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. 
All right, Jacob replied, betray me your rights as the firstborn son. Trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Okay. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? First of all, can he really be dying of starvation? That is uh, such an exaggeration. He's hungry. He's, uh, his flesh is getting the best of him. He's in his carnal nature. And, and he is willing to trade his birthright for some stew. Maybe he didn't even understand what he was doing, but we know that he did. Uh, because otherwise, if it was from ignorance, it wouldn't have progressed the way that we're going to see it progress. But uh, he decided that he would forego things of the spirit, things that he naturally uh, would receive also being the firstborn for some stew, for a pot of stew. Okay, so he says, look, I'm dying of starvation here, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? Oh, before we move on from this, let's also just make a note how sometimes our emotions and our lusts can seem like it's uh, the only thing in the world, okay? Like if we don't get that thing right now, that we're not gonna be able to recover, that it's gonna do some type of damage to our psyche that is just all we can think about and all we can dream about and we gotta have it now. Uh, we need to be mindful when we fall into that kind of situation. And, and I can tell you from personal experience, there are times where I felt like that, where I saw something, a purse or a dress, or I don't know, some makeup, and uh, I just had to a car, I just had to have it. I just had to have it. You know, there was no way that I was not going to walk out of that store or that place without getting what I wanted to the point where I would think about it, I would dream about it, I would, I would try and scheme or figure out a way that I can make sure that I got it. And then I had to, you know, when you look at yourself and, and you say, my goodness, I was obsessed. And that's kind of what this is, you know, it's an obsession. So if we ever feel like obsessed with something, we should stop a moment and just check ourselves and ask, is this really something that is going to benefit me in the long run? Is this something, why do I want this thing so much? Okay. Is there some type of a status that's attached to it? Is there something driving it, you know, that it's going to feel instead of Jesus? Or, or, or instead of me figuring out why I really have this need. And I know, you know, that that may seem uh, a little overboard, but it's not. It's really not because it's the exact same thing. Okay, he was obsessing over some stew. His uh, appetite got the best of him. All right, so let's go back. Okay, so he says, look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. 
So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. And that's the end of chapter 25. He showed contempt, God said, for his rights as the firstborn. So, you may wonder, you know, when we're reading this, well, Father, did he really? Or did he just, you know, just say that? You know, he just said it just to get what he wanted at the moment. But God sees our heart. So it could sometimes seem to us that maybe it was just a flippant throwaway line just to get what he wanted. But what it really revealed was that he didn't value the birthright. He didn't value the spiritual blessing that was on his life. He didn't value it. He valued the things of the world more than the things of God. And if you think about it, that's what would cause us to, to uh, not value the things that, that God says, the things that we've been given in the spirit, our spiritual gifts, our benefits from God, the word of God. Because we care more about satisfying the flesh than living a life of the word. And so, I don't know about you, but I'm going to check myself on that from time to time. I'm going to look inside of me and really evaluate what I am focusing on and what I am putting value on. Because I don't ever want to be in the situation that Esau was in, where I flippantly discard the things of God that are of great value for things in this world so all right that's enough of that okay so let's move on we have uh like 10 minutes and 30 seconds so let's go on to genesis 26 isaac deceives abimelech a severe famine now struck the land as had happened before in abraham's time so isaac moved to gerar where abimelech king of the philistines lived the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. I hereby confirm that I will give all these lands to you and your descendants. Just as I solemnly promised Abraham your father, I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give them all these lands. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. So now, Isaac to obey God. He's living under the blessing. He's uh, accruing the benefits that his father Abraham uh, received from obeying God. Because remember, the blessing is not just for you when you obey, but it is also for your descendants. Okay, what God promises you, 
is for your children as well. Uh, yes, they're going to have to obey God for themselves, but they're also going to reap the harvest of the seeds you have sown, of the seeds of obedience that you have sown. We see this right here. So that's why it's important to cultivate your relationship and walk in obedience, not just for you, but for your children and your grandbabies and your great grandbabies. Okay, so Isaac was obedient and he stayed in Gerar. When the men who lived there asked Isaac about his wife Rebecca, he said, she is my sister. Okay, he's lying just like his father did. Some things are generational. We have to break that off. Okay, she is my sister. He was afraid to say she is my wife, he thought, that spirit of fear. They will kill me to get her because she is so beautiful. But sometime later, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing Rebekah. Immediately, Abimelech called for Isaac and exclaimed, She is obviously your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Because I was afraid someone would kill me to get her for me. Isaac replied, How could you do this to us? Abimelech exclaimed. One of my people might easily have taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have made us guilty of a great sin. Then Abimelech issued a public proclamation. Anyone who touches this man or his wife will be put to death. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted for the Lord blessed him. Let's stop right here. Do you remember where God said there was a great famine in the land? Oh, I'm sweating. Oh, hallelujah. We getting this work on thing on. All right. So God said uh, there was a great famine in the land. But God told Isaac to stay put. He said, you don't have to go like all these other people are going. Okay, chasing uh, wealth and prosperity or just livelihood somewhere else. He said, you don't need to do that. I'm going to take care of you exactly where I planted you. You just stay there. So he did that. He obeyed God. And the word says that he reaped a hundredfold. A hundredfold. Tuck that in your heart and chew on that. A hundredfold. There are not many times in this word where we uh, hear of a hundredfold blessing. Um, you know, there's a scripture that talks about 30, 60, 100 fold. But there are not, there are a few times in the word where we actually hear of the reaping of a 100 fold blessing. This is one of them. And why did he reap this? Because he was obedient. He went against uh, natural reasoning and knowledge to obey God. Everybody is getting the heck out of Dodge, right? Because there's nothing but uh, dirt, famine, death. Okay, there was a great famine in the land. It doesn't even say famine. It says a great famine. But God tells Isaac to stay put. So every natural inclination in him was probably to go where everybody else is going and find food. But he listens. He obeys the Lord. 
and what happens he reaps 100 fold okay we got to obey God when it looks like there is no way when it looks like it's the most foolish thing in the world to do we have to obey God and in those seasons we will see a hundredfold return it's right here all right let's go on Woo! but that just blessed me my God all right for the Lord bless him. Okay, let's just. Okay, I can't let this go for a second. It says, uh, when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain. A hundred times, a hundredfold, a hundred times more grain than he planted. For the Lord blessed him. So, okay, we already talked about the hundredfold, but it was off of what? What he planted. Okay, so he wasn't just sitting at home waiting for the Lord to bless him. He was obedient. He stayed where he was, but he was still, he was still active. He was still planting seed. He was still uh, working the work while it was day. What is the spiritual connotation of that? No matter if you're in a, if you're in a famine right now, okay, where, where, there is lack of love. There's lack of forgiveness around you. You know, you're in a dry place. Keep planting those seeds. Keep planting the word of God. Keep doing what God has told you to do in those times, in those seasons of famine. You will see a 100-fold blessing. It's right here. Tuck this away in your heart. Genesis 26. Okay. So, uh continuing on he became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow he acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him so the Philistines filled up all Isaac's wells with dirt and here they come the haters oh the haters gonna come when you're being blessed the haters gonna come so they filled up all his wells with dirt these were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from Gerar Valley, where he set up their tents and settled down. Now again, this is not a man of conflict. He don't care where he goes. He knows that the blessing, he knows that he is under the blessing. So wherever he goes is the blessed place. It don't matter. So there's no conflict. There's no dissension. Isaac goes because the Lord hasn't told him, no, don't go. Uh, uh, maybe the Lord was even silent. We don't know. But it doesn't. But if the Lord would have told him to stay, we would have record of that. So he gets up and go. Goes. He reopens the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham Abraham had given them. Isaac's, oh, we are 29 minutes, guys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm in cool down, thank God, because I am sweating buckets over here. So anyway, Isaac uh, had restored the names Abraham had given them as far as talking about the wells. Isaac's servants also dug in the Carrer Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. But then the shepherds from Gerar came and claimed the spring. This is our water, they said, and they argued over it with our Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well 
Essek, which means argument. Isaac's men then dug another well. But again, there was a dispute over it. The enemy, you know, just keeps coming and coming and coming. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time there was no dispute over it, so Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, at last, the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. From there, Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the God of your father Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, mm. for I am with you and will bless you. I will multiply your descendants and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. Here we go again with the faithfulness of God. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshiped the Lord. He set up his camp at the place and his servants dug another well. One day King Abimelech came from Gerar with his advisor Ahuzath and also Philco, his army commander. Why have you come here? Isaac said. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. They replied, we can plainly see that the Lord is with you. Come on. So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Swear that you will not harm us just as we've never troubled you. Really? They've never troubled him, right? Okay. Um, we have always treated you well and we sent you away from us in peace. And now look how the Lord has blessed you. Your enemies are always going to see that blessing of the Lord on you. They're going to see it. They may not want to see it, but they're going to see it. So Isaac prepared a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty and they ate and drank together. Early the next morning, they each took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home again and they left in peace. That very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well they had dug. We found water, they exclaimed. So Isaac named the well Sheba, which means oath. And to this day, the town that grew up there is called Beersheba, which means well of the oath. At the age of 40, Esau married two Hittite wives, Judith, the daughter of Beri, and Basmoth, the daughter of Elon. But Esau's wives made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. And that is the end of 26. And we get a little bit of a tease about what's coming up um, regarding Esau, Isaac, and Rebekah. But amen. We have done over 30 minutes. We've got through two books today. And what a blessing. We just see the faithfulness of God. It just continues on and on. What we learn is that the blessing is generational. The blessing is generational. We can stand on it. We can depend on it. We must tell our children about it because they will walk in it as long as they continue to love God and receive him and obey him. But they are blessed. Our children are blessed. And we need to break off any generational curses. Just break them off by faith. Just declare. Come on, we can declare this right now. I declare 
by the blood of Jesus that any generational curse in my family line, anything in my family that has not lined up to the word of God that was started generations before or maybe even with me, God, by faith, I just break them off right now in the name of Jesus. Repeat that after me. By faith, I break off any generational curse in the name of Jesus. I declare that I am free. I declare that my children are free. I declare that we receive the blessing of the Lord and we walk in it. We ask for forgiveness of any sin, God. We ask for forgiveness, Lord God, of any uh, comfort that we have had with the enemy. And we say no more. Hallelujah. That's our, actually, that no more is our word in our church for this year. Uh, that was uh, the word that God gave our pastor for the new year. No more. So you know what? You can declare that as well. Tell the enemy no more. No more. No more in me. No more in my family. No more. It is done. Finished. Finite. Uh, fini, finite. I don't know where I was going with that, but there is no more. We cancel it. We cancel the assignment of the enemy and we thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness, for your grace, your mercy. We love you and we thank you. We thank you for this transformational time, getting our bodies right, getting our minds right. And we love you in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Have an awesome, awesome rest of the day or night, whatever time it is that you're with me. Just bless God and know that he loves you and that the blessing of the Lord is on your life. Walk in it. Amen.